Let's get ready to rumble! Okay, cool. Let us kick hey. off and try and figure this thing out as try to figure out this plane as we fly it. Right. Hello and welcome to Netflix versus Cinema. Can you hear that sound? Can you hear that sound? There's a little bit of a rumbling, and that rumbling might just be something like a sandworm underneath the underneath Ooh. the surface. Coming closer, coming closer. We can feel the proximity alert as it's coming. Yes, that is right. Dune is almost up, and there will be some talk about Dune today. Anyway, my name is Tosin, and I am the host. I am based in the Midlands in the UK, and joining me off the coast of the UK on an island called the Isle of Wight are Sharon Bollen. Hello. And Sean Harris. Hiya. Yes, so we are talking about this because we were, I mean, we we were complaining on the episode, on uh, the episode of NFL vs. Cinema last week about how, because Bond had been released, all the films had just been running scared and there was nothing new in the cinema for two weeks. Well, this was the week where the chickens came home to roost. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of like they've also, in my head, it's almost kind of like, you know when you have a horse race, and you have all the horses just sort of like in in, they're, they're in their paddocks. Yeah, they're just waiting. They're just sort of waiting. It's like, waiting, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's born, born. It's close, Claire. Go, 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 go. And it's like a free-for-all as all the films run out there and try and grab your attention and grab your money until okay. the next big film comes out, which might be Dune. I, I actually, it's weird. I don't think Dune is quite being seen as a blockbuster, like a pre-packaged blockbuster quite yet. But so this week, this week, we what we usually do on this show, if you haven't listened to us before, is that we go to the cinema and we watch a couple of films. We watch films. We rate them out of five. We stay at home and watch a couple of things, rate them out of five. And at the end of the show, we will tell you who has won, the, who has given us more bang for our buck. We usually do three and three, but based on what people have watched this week, we'll see what we are going to do. So, shall we kick <laughs> off first? Shall well, we kick I can... off yeah. Is that Sean, you're going to say something? I was going to say, I could say, we could save save june i guess until you guys have actually seen it because i'm pretty certain you'll be watching it oh yeah. well, well you see uh, this is the thing because obviously over the last couple of weeks we've gotten quite good at figuring out what each one of the other people were, were going to watch and decide okay cool if so if sure sharon's probably going to watch that she's probably going to watch that so i'm going to watch that for a little bit of variety <laughs> and i did that this week because the film that i watched i was like i was pretty sure that because we'd had like no films for two weeks Sean was going to see everything. I, was, <laughs> I, was, I mean, you pretty much said so at the end of the show last week. You were like, oh, there's three films coming out tomorrow night. I think I'm going to live in the cinema for the weekend. And you were going to see everything. So I picked the one film that I was pretty sure you were not going to watch. I was like, of all the films that are out, this is the film that I do not think Sean will watch. And I'm pretty sure Sharon's going to run a mile from it. That should give you a clue. <laughs> <laughs> I should give you a clue of the kind of film that. Uh, th- as you listen on, you will realize that we have our own particular sort of uh, particular sort of things. And um, I was thinking that yeah, um, Dune, Dune will be one of those ones that let's let's keep it for next week because I think you saw a preview mm. screening, Sean. And, I did, yes. Yeah, and it's only been released in cinemas today, which means that with the film being two and a half hours long, we haven't had a chance to see it. So yeah, I think we'll keep it for next week. But next week, um, I don't care what you guys have seen. That's what I'm seeing. I don't care if it means that it's the only film that we've all seen all week. That's the film I'm seeing. <laughs> so, yeah. But okay, so so Sean, tell us... Well, actually, no, let's go this way. Sharon, you tell us what it is that you watched in the cinema, and then Sean can give us his laundry list. And then he I can give us the list. Then I, then <laughs> I, I can saw... tell you the film that I've teased. <laughs> <laughs> I saw Ridley Scott's The Last Duel. 
Don't worry, I'm still here. Carry on. So, okay, so Ridley Scott's The Last Duel. That is Matt Damon and Adam Driver fighting in France, is it? Yes, Jodie Comer and yeah. Ben Affleck popping up and a few other people. You go, oh, they're in it, uh, popping up. All right, cool. Good stuff. And Sean, tell us the laundry list. What did you see? Yes, well, apart from June, which was so, so I saw June, I did see The Last Jewel. So that was the other one I went to see. And I saw Halloween Kills yep. and Let There Be Carnage. You know, Venom, oh, Venom, Let, there Venom Let There Be Carnage. Yeah, I, yeah. Was, I was so looking forward to that. I had to uh, go and see it purely yeah, yeah. for, you know, uh, <laughs> my po- a possible hatchet job, you know. Yeah, but, but, yeah. I, I think I think you had to see that for, for completion's sake. For completion's sake. All right, yeah. cool. So, so you saw that, and I saw a film. The way the reason why Sharon would not have seen it and would have run a mile is because it's an animated film <laughs> called "Ron's Gone Wrong." I, I saw a film called "Ron's Gone Wrong," which uh, I saw, which is pretty cool. Okay, so that's what we had in the cinema. What do we have at home? Uh, well, uh, did I say I saw Halloween Kills? As yeah, well? you said Halloween yeah. Kills. Yeah. Okay, that's right. You said you said okay. So if we're, if we're pushing due to next week, we have Halloween Kills, we have The Last Duel, and we have Venom. Let there be carnage. <laughs> Venom. Let there be carnage. And uh, what did I say? Ron's gone wrong. All right, cool. What did we see at home? Sean, go ahead. Well, I saw quite a lot of stuff. Um, I found something quite interesting on 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 the Fire Stick, on the Amazon Fire Stick. They have movies, IMBD movies. IMDB movies. And, and they, I just happened to watch, they got a lot of war stuff, a lot of war <laughs> stuff there. A lot of, a lot of uh, Swedish, Dutch and Latvian and Russian films. And I saw... Well, apart from watching, I've seen quite a lot, but the film I probably talk about most is called, uh, it was called um, Tankers. It's got uh, another name as well, Invincible, but there's a couple of other films that are called Invincible. So, but yeah, so this is, this is a Russian movie. All right, cool. So Invincible, Tankers in brackets. Sharon, what did you see? I saw a, uh, one of the Sky premiere releases on Sky Cinema, uh, called The Little Things with Denzel Washington, Jared oh, yeah. Leto, and Rami Malek. So I saw that on Sky Cinema. Okay, cool. The Little Things on Sky Cinema. And I saw a TV show featuring Steve Martin and Martin Short on Disney Plus called Only Murders in the Building. Ooh. Yeah. Called Only Murders. And it's. Um, and I also saw something called uh, Your Guide to the. No, The Attack of the Hollywood Clichés on Netflix. Which is which is a bit like the the brief history of swear words kind of thing, but it was done, yeah. done, by, done by Charlie Brooker. All right, cool. So let us have a look. Let's go. Let's see where we're gonna go. Okay, so Sean's gonna come with this. I'll tell you what. Let us start. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna go we're gonna try and go for four films in the cinema today. Four films at home. We're gonna give ourselves five minutes for each one of them, so that we could see if we can blast through these as quickly as possible, and. Um, I don't think any of these films is particularly bigger than any of the other ones, quite frankly, when it comes to like a big temple thing. So, Sean, we'll let you kick us off. Let's kick, let's, uh, because you're such a John Carpenter fan and because you love him and I, you know, you love the original Halloween. I'll tell you what, let's kick off with Halloween Kills, the Halloween 18th <laughs> sequel in the franchise of Halloween, yes. where I... Michael Myers is somehow not dead yet. <laughs> That's it. Or keeps coming back to life, keeps coming back to life. So most people sort of know the theme, 
so you know the story so this is a story this is this is this this carries on from the last one and you've got um jamie lee curtis his character is rushed to the hospital with uh, uh, another policeman they're in intensive care and obviously michael myers is still around doing causing some nasty bits of stuff and uh so yeah, so that's basically it. So he, he turns up, he does a few things to some people, and you know, that's that's the basic premise of the story. But it gets a little bit different, and the, the whole town now is um, like the whole town sort of turns up and goes, "Evil must die tonight. Evil must die tonight." So all the town get together and they get in little groups and they go off hunting Michael Myers. Of course, things go a bit awry, like they would. So. What? What, what, what do you mean things go on? <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, the usual tropes of sort of, you know, a car, gets, car like... Someone yeah. gets stabbed at some That's point. Right. I was totally yeah, not expecting that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's like a, one, of, one of the groups are in a car and, you know, it's like, oh, what's, what's over there? Let's go and have a look over there. Oh, oh dear, we know that. what's going to Yeah, yeah, that type of thing. So you've got all this. And then there's this, this scene in the hospital where it's like a... They think someone's Michael Myers and this whole mob, and I'm not kidding, the police, everybody, they're just all like trying to chase this character into the into the hospital. Um, so, yeah, a bit, uh, I don't know. I, I, funny enough, I thought it was absolutely all over the place and absolutely awful. And I didn't <laughs> even think it was a comedy or anything like that. I thought it was the most dire load of nonsense. Ridic- you, know, you know me and my ridiculous tropes about things that have happened. It's like... Yep. Oh, come on, come on. You know what I mean? And they've got, there's like a, a couple of people in, in one of the house, in the house where the original murder took place and um, um, Big John and Little John, you know. So, and I didn't know if they wanted to be a comedy, if it was trying to be a comedy, if it was, but it was just, to me, it was all over the place and it was really, really stupid. Mm-hmm. It's quite funny that because after that, I had a friend, we went to Joe, went to see it and he, he really loved it. And that was like, I was, I was like, why would you? Why? How could you? That was just like, you know. Um, okay. Yeah. So, so I think I think the friend of the show, Joe. I mean, obviously, he he goes and he and he puts what he thinks on Facebook, and it's kind of like what you said about Halloween Kills is a what I expected because I mean, after all these years, I don't understand. I don't I don't see how you're still trying to find anything new in Halloween. That's it. I I, I, I actually don't. I really don't understand how you're trying to find anything new. <laughs> and and he's and he he's he was kind of like, oh wow, wow, wow. and I was like, okay. And the what he said about Dune was totally opposite to what every. Essentially, he's had like an opposite week. Where he <laughs> he's said, had an opposite week. Yeah. He's had an opposite week. But okay, so so that was what you thought about Halloween Kills. So Halloween Kills. You said that. I mean, obviously, you love John Carpenter, and I, I would yeah. imagine that the original Halloween for you is one of those yeah. yes moments. Yes, definitely, yes. yes. So, so anything that's going to be onto a hide into nothing, trying to follow up to that. But <laughs> yeah. and, and even... as it's, as it's ridiculous as well, you know, the, it's the situations are stupid that people put themselves in. That's what mm-hmm. re- that bugs me a lot in films. You know, especially why would you do that? I'm guessing, especially horror films. You know, is why don't you turn the lights on? Why don't you, you know? Why do you go up? Surely, if someone's, if you hear someone upstairs, you're going to call the police, aren't you? You're not going to, you know, all wander up and have a look around. Oh yeah, you think oh, let's get the hell out of Dodge, you know? Especially if you, especially if you know, you know, something. Especially, especially if you live in a town that Michael yeah. Myers keeps coming back yeah, to yeah, yeah, every yeah. couple of years and killing like a swathe. Stabby, stabby, scream, scream, run, run. Yeah. You think? 
Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, who, 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 who even moves there? I mean, the house prices <laughs> in that place must be in the toilet. Because every octopus was stabbed to death by this strange man. Yeah, people people must keep moving there because because there's <laughs> new cheap. people to stab. There's it's new cheap, people to yeah. stab each time. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so on the whole, I, I can't give this more than a two star. This is a two star for me. This is, uh, you know, pretty. I, I, I thought it was awful. I really did. <laughs> <laughs> okay cool and uh, shall we leave it there and give no more yeah. time to halloween kills uh, sure. I, I mean i did think it was weird when they said they were going to re- redo halloween and it was going to be the person was going to write it one of them was a comedian danny mcbride but no nah, anyway what do you know yeah, now yeah. we go over to netflix and friends and we are going to kick off with the little things which is something that Sh- uh, sharon you saw on sky yeah, this is a yeah. So the Sky premiere for this week. It, it was starring Denzel Washington and has Rami Malek and Jared Leto. Basically, um, Denzel Washington is a a small town deputy sheriff working sort of like traffic and all sorts of things, and he's asked to go into the city um, to pick up some evidence. And you think fair enough. He's like a small town guy suddenly turning up in the city, and as he gets goes into the police station it becomes apparent that everyone knows him and as the story it turns out that he's actually he left he was a murder detective in one of their sort of murder squads and he was a quite a well-known his reputation sort of precedes him everywhere he goes he's got a reputation of like a mountie he always gets his man and before he left he was investigating a series of murders and it just happens that in at the same time that he's there this time, there's been another murder that fits the pattern of his murders. It's like girls being kidnapped, tied up, tortured, and then sort of posed, and and mm. um, nasty things happen to these girls. Yeah, and he's yeah. been investigating it, and the the person investigating the current series of murders is Rami Malik, and he's a detective as well. And basically, they then join forces, and they they both suspect that Jared Leto who's this like a bit of a weirdo loner um, is our, our man and so the oh. film unfolds oh. cat, cat and mouse but if they don't have like a TM next to their name like weirdo loner Ooh. yeah <laughs> yeah no, no that's, that's what I'm thinking I'm thinking does Jared Leto play anything but weirdo loners <laughs> nowadays he's <laughs> like a niche market and yeah. so then the film progresses a little bit of cat and mouse between like is he is he really the killer or isn't he the killer are they on the right track or are they trying to make the evidence fit and so the film basically is that is a who done it and or or you know did they do it and yes i'll leave it there because otherwise it goes in spoiler territory but yes it's it's a it's a crime thriller drama thing with a little the odd twist here and there all right, cool. So, with that being said, what did you think about it? Uh, first of all, you know when they say something like, you know, Denzel Washington is playing a character, you, he's never going to be a small-town sheriff, is he? I mean, when you say, yeah. like, it's like, you know, it's like we cast Denzel Washington. That's just, You cast him for that scene where he walks into the, into the police station. Everybody's like, oh, 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 it's, it's Hutch. Oh, <laughs> something yeah. like And they only ever know by one name. By one okay, yeah, so, Deke. Yeah. Deke, okay, so what did, um, what did you think? I thought it was it was okay. I think the names would suggest that it probably should be better than it was. Yep. I think the names carry this film, really. Um, if you take away that out and you put it on a television drama, you'd be going like, yeah. So I would say it's, it's, it's well made. The cast do their jobs. 
Yep. Um, but to me, it wasn't anything sort of you know, outstanding, spectacular. And I think they they constantly seem to be hunting for sort of different gimmicks or different like twists to put in these films because just telling a story seems to be a bit unfashionable at the moment. And so <laughs> part of me gets a little bit tired of it. it's like you know, can't you just tell a story <laughs> without resorting to different things or different sort of you know setups? So yeah. I would say it was it was. Probably did what it set out to do, make a reasonable, you know, competent film. But to me, it was no more than that. It was no more than just a competent, reasonable film. So I would give it a three and, you know, no more than that. Okay. So that is a three. For... And so it's a film, not a TV series. It's a film on, oh, right. yeah, that was released in, that, that released on Sky Cinema thing on television. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> figure this, i got to figure out why this has happened because you have, um, there's been a couple of films like this that have been released recently where I have seen the cast and I've wondered how did they get all these guys together for something that wasn't that great. <laughs> it's yeah. It, yeah, and it's and I'm not sure whether these films were made before the pandemic, whether it was made during the pandemic, where everybody was freaked out that they were never going to work again. So they just they just said, yeah, what is it? Give it to me. I haven't worked for like 18 months. Get me out of the house or anything like that. But there's some things, especially a lot of stuff that's been showing up on streaming platforms. There's a film called Infinite um, on Amazon Prime that has Mark Wahlberg in it. It's, it's It has Mark Wahlberg, directed by Peter Berg, has Chiwetel Ejiofor, and you're like, how the... How's this film gone straight to stream? <laughs> yeah. And and it makes me wonder where or was it just something where they thought we need to get the industry moving again? We need to give like the sound people and the the less fancied people mm. a job. But it's yeah, but if that's the if that's the reason it's commendable. Otherwise yeah, it's just weird three that you... Oscar I think they are three or all three Oscar winners. You think they should be the top of their game, but I to me it wasn't uh it wasn't yeah, it didn't deliver what it maybe what it promised. Hmm. All right, cool. Anyway, so that oh, we move on. So that's three stars for the little things with Denzel Washington and the weird loner Jared Leto. <laughs> the guy needs to play something where he's like a grandpa soon. I mean, because because the the even even his his stab at being a superhero Morbius is a weird loner. But it's uh, all right, cool. So now we go into back to cinema. We go into Ron's Gone Wrong. Now this is as I said, it's an animation movie, and it's a film that. It reminds me so much of like other films. A couple of months ago, I reviewed a film called The Mitchells vs. The Machines. And this film, a bit like how we, when we spoke about, um, we spoke about Gunpowder Milkshake and I spoke about a film on Netflix called Kate, which you feel as if the people who wrote these two films were in the same cafe and somebody overheard something from the other person. And, and the same thing with The Mitchells and The Machines versus The Machines and Ron's Gone Wrong. You feel like there was somebody who, two people were in the same cafe and kind of overheard each, each person's ideas because Mitchell, Mitchells versus The Machines starts off with this guy who is kind of like a Steve Jobs Apple type who goes to this big thing and he reveals his new, the, the new thing that he wants to give to everybody in the world, which is this new robot which is going to replace your phone and blah blah blah, 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 blah and then things go wrong and then the, the robots trying to take over the world this also has the similarities are endless they both have olivia coleman in the cast the the tech genius at the beginning who's talking about how he wants to change the world is black that it's just it's just kind of like this came off the same hymn sheet this and this guy's also what he's given the whole world is an upgrade on a phone it's a robot and this robot that he's given which is called the b-bot because the company is called bubble so it's bubble b-bot bubble bot 
and it essentially it goes out to all these kids and these kids it becomes it's kind of like taking how kids use their phones today and this is where the films start diverging that one was end of the world machines take over this becomes a much more intimate tiny story and the similarities between this and mitchell's versus machines there's similarities between this and free guy when you have like you know like an ai thing that has been built and what actually happens with it because what happens is you have um similarities with charlie and the chocolate factory the 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 main character of the of the film who is a guy called barney he is kind of like charlie that his family they're not that well they're not that well off you see his dad trying to make deals at home trying to sort of sell all these different things and the thing he wants is a bubble bot because this has gotten the bubble bot has become so big that even at school you know how people when kids arrive with their bicycles and then they have like a bike park they have a bubble bot park where every kid in the school has one of these things and he's the only one that doesn't have one and then this becomes almost kind of like a black mirror episode for kids where, where he his dad manages to get a bot that's fallen off the back of a truck but because of bot has fallen that is defective and so the whole idea is that you you the, once you switch on this bot it goes to your social media platforms it downloads everything about you and it just follows you around all day giving you what you want like to giving you the things that you wanted to hear it say giving you the uh, connecting you to the people you want get, showing you all the sort of like different things and you see the way different people use it there's somebody who's constantly trying to do pranks and is trying to get likes on people to like him on on social media there's a girl who is constantly constantly vlogging and saying hi it's Ava here this is what, this is what we're going to talk about today just trying to get people to sort of like you know tune into their channel and every single person's trying to do this apart from Barney but when he finally gets this bubble bot it's broken and he doesn't connect to it and any so he has to teach this bot how to be a friend and the film sort of morphs and it's kind of one of these things that goes down the same lines of, you know, ooh, isn't technology bad? Isn't technology horrible? Look what we've done with it. And wouldn't it be better if we all just went outside and hung out and we were friends with each other and all that? And there are good things about this film. I think the robot is, is voiced by Zach Galifianakis. And I think he actually does really, really well. There's, um, oh, another film that made me think of was Big Hero 6 because Baymax... The robot in Big Hero okay. 6, he's like the best robot. I mean, sorry, but Baymax is like, the, he is the gold standard. <laughs> and, and there's elements of this way it gets a bit close to that because you you then have, um, so you have the guy who created the robots, but then you have the businessman, his business partner, who is just all about, we want to take all these kids' um, information so we can sell stuff to them. And he goes, what? If one of these bots is defective and it's out there, we need to call this thing and it becomes a bit like E.T., as you can see, I can just probably explain this film using other films. It becomes <laughs> it becomes a bit like ET, where there's this sort of like also massive, almost government manhunts to try and get this robot, which has been called Ron, and get him back and shut him off because this is not the way things are supposed to work. And it it's yeah, and it's yeah, there's Ready Player One in there, and it's all sorts of stuff. As I said, it's a bit Black Mirror-ish. It's quite good. It goes along quite well. I actually, I found myself really, really liking it and really, really enjoying it. Um, I would give it, uh, I would give it a three out of five. I'll give it. I think there were bits where I was like, okay, cool, but if you're gonna do that, and if you're gonna do that, and it doesn't quite go into the whole thing. You know, you know the whole oh, technology bad. Full stop. It's like no yeah. technology is a bit kind of stuff, and it, but it does. It, it's almost it's almost as if you can you can feel it being made by people who are like, oh, these kids today just on their phones, never go, nobody doesn't have to have a conversation anymore. It's kind of a thing. So um, I thought it was a three out of five, and I thought it was, but it was quite well done, and it was quite well done to have elements of all these other different things as I kept mentioning that come into the film without totally just being those other things so i would give ron's got wrong a three out of five and now that is it with uh, ron's got wrong on cinemas we go back home and we go to invincible in brackets 
Sorry, indes indestructible. I said that wrong. It's indestructible, not invincible. Okay, indestructible. So <laughs> indestructible in brackets, tankers. So tankers. indestructible tankers. So Sean, tell us what's this about? Okay, this is basically the story. It's uh, it's, it's based on a true story of like uh, uh, something that happened just outside Leningrad, which more or less stopped stopped the siege. And it's a story of a in the early part of the war, the the Russians had this these tanks called KV ones which the armor was really, really, really super thick. And the German tanks at that time couldn't couldn't penetrate. And it wasn't until later on in the war that they, they, uh, you know, the, the German tanks could. And, and being a tank aficionado, that's probably my one of my favorite bits of, of World War Two is all the different tanks. So basically, it's this KV-1 and a couple of T-34s, and they, they managed to blunt the, the, the German attack. So um, and it's basically a story. This tank crew, I guess, a little bit like Fury. Um, but what's good about this is that they go back, like, and they have breakdowns. Their tank breaks down, so they have to go out on foot and, and charge as as normal infantry. And then they come back, and the tank's being fixed. And so, basically, basically, this story is it's 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 a war movie, but it's 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 about this tank, about this KV one tank, based on a true story that just like takes out about twenty German tanks and, and path tracks and and all the german armor so that's that that's basically the story is this one tank obviously there's other tanks involved but it's this one tank because it takes all the hits and although it gets sort of should we say a little bit disabled and mechanically wise goes a little bit wrong they can't actually um take the tank out so it just it just sort of hides and and, and takes out these little or the, the german armor mm. So, yeah, so it's, it's, I mean, as a war film, I, I quite enjoyed it as a war film and it was nice to see it. I mean, it was a Russian film, so it was nice to see it from a Russian point of view. Yeah. And it was nice, nice to see a KV-1 rather than because with Russian tanks and Russian movies, it's always the T-34, 85 or, you know, that's what it is. It's like <laughs> masses of them. And this was a KV-1. So, and it did look like a KV-1. I must say the the German armour, the German armour did seem a little bit cgi'd i mean it was i mean well the, the, the tanks german were, tanks the, yeah the german tanks i mean they looked the part although they were later versions and not earlier versions i mean if i was to be really super picky i could have picked up but they they definitely looked like p4s panzer fours but oh, i don't know they seemed a bit cgi-ish you know because i thought they look a bit good and they always were like when they used to when they get destroyed it's always they burst into flame, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. So, a little bit. Um... So, so, so with this, with this, I, I'm actually a bit intrigued because with with war movies, you have they tend to fall into two categories. I mean, the they they're either the ones that is like, oh, oh, isn't war some great big boys on adventure? Um, like for instance, you have you have um, in the in your background at the moment you have um, Guns of Navarone, which and I, I think at that time war movies were made a bit more like that. Then you have film yeah. ones ones that are a bit more gritty that isn't war hell. Yeah. Uh, so if, I, I I think that say so up until recently it used to be the way I always look at it is like um, yeah yeah. German films that were made, your second world German films were very much, much anti-war um, and like very much anti-war. Your American war films were very much gung-ho and yeah, look what we can do. <laughs> yeah. And I think the British war movies I would put down as being sort of in between. They were generally, I think some of the earlier, the, the British war films are, are 
quite good, you know, because I need the one thing or the other. And to me, I thought this was in the category of it was just a war movie. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't anti-war. It wasn't pro-war. It was just a, a, a film because you do tend to get, I think, these days, you know what I mean? There's, there's a narrative of, oh, this is really, really anti-war. Isn't war really, really bad? Or yeah. Isn't war, you know. Uh, but this was just a good, good old-fashioned, straight-up adventure movie, kind of know, thing. A nice shoot map. Yeah. Um, the equipment was was pretty authentic, as I say. Maybe the German stuff was CGI because I don't expect they'd have got that much in the way of Panzer IVs. But the, the the German tanks, the sorry, the Russian tanks looked quite good, and it was really nice to see, like, that when when the tanks break down and they have to go back, you know, and they're back in their own lines and and. It's different because I've not seen too many Russian war films. So, yeah. and I wouldn't say this was particularly propaganda or anything like that. It was, as I say, it was just a really, really good old fashioned war films. Um, it was nice to see the KV ones. The acting was fairly good. Get it was a bit like characters at all, like the different, yeah. Normally with a tank I, film, you tend to be about the crew, isn't it? It's like, exactly. Yeah. It's, Have it's, you ever seen Cross of Iron, Sharon? Yeah. Have you ever seen Cross of Iron? Yeah. It reminded me a little bit of that. Reminded me a little okay. bit of Cross of Iron. So, but yeah, so I would give this one really, really good, apart from the CGI tanks. So it's going to get a three. This one's going to get a three. So it's going to be a solid three. three for this one. Good old fashioned war movie. Okay, cool. Old fashioned war movie. So carrying on, going back to cinema. And now we're going to the film that I would look at this week. And I would say this is the film that you would actually want to be, if you wanted to see something quality. This is the film that you would be going to the cinema to see this week because you would think we've got Ridley Scott. We've got some sort of pedigree behind this. This should be good. So this is either going to be the highlight or it's going to be the letdown of this episode. Sharon, we tell us a little bit about The Last Duel. No pressure. Right. The Last Duel is based on true events, apparently. And it is set in the 1380s. So we're in a Europe which is still during the Hundred Years' War. So Britain and France or the different French principalities are battling it out more or less constantly. And so there's war is a way of life. And um, it's set in France. And we have our we meet our three main characters. They are and the story is actually divided into three parts. I'll just I'll describe them as the husband, the rapist and the wife yeah the first part is the husband which is played by matt damon and he's called um jacques le carouge and he is a fighter he is a warrior by profession and by training and by mindset and so basically war is his business so he's a hard man and he has had this um arranged marriage effectively um to jodie coma's correct character the wife and he married her for her dowry, for the property she brought to the marriage, and to just Im improve his prospects. Mm. And she's much younger than him. She's about 20 years younger than he is. And she's sort of beautiful. And he's like this weathered older man. And then... Uh, I'm, got the... I'm actually quite happy that they addressed that, that they've addressed the fact that there is supposed to be an age difference between yes. Matt Damon and Jodie. It's not just supposed to be like, oh, look, he's so handsome that he obviously, yeah, but anyway, no, never mind. Noticeable that he is an older man looking for a younger wife to provide him with an heir and to provide him with money and funds and land. And his great rival is someone who started off being his friend, um, this Jacques, I've forgotten his name. Adam Driver. Adam Driver's character. Adam Driver. 
yeah, his, his character is called Jacques, but I forget the, the character's name. Um, he is his great rival. They fought together, um, but he has a knack of being charming. And so he has got in with the the the, um, the, 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 the princeling who played by Ben Affleck, who is like the son of the king and who's a bit of a wastrel. He's a womanizer. He's a drunkard. Um, but he's got in with that crowd. And so he's won favor by being awarded lands that he hasn't necessarily earned and titles that maybe weren't necessarily his. And he has become a little bit entitled. So there's been this rift between... Matt Damon's character, Adam Driver's character. And then in the middle of this is this beautiful young wife. And one day, Adam Driver's character goes to the house when Matt Damon's away and when the fam the servants are away and he rapes her. That's no soup, that's no spoiler. And then the story unfolds as you see the same events from three different perspectives. You see it from the husband's point of view, the events that led up to this event, and then what happened afterwards. You see it from Adam Driver's point of view, as in like, you know, how he interpreted different signals and different looks and different exchanges as how he interpreted it in one way. And then the final chapter is called The Truth, which is basically Jodie Comer's account saying that this is the story, this is her marriage, this is her relationship with both of these men, and these are the consequences of what happened. And the last duel is basically um, because he felt his honour was outraged by the fact that his wife was assaulted because she effectively is his property and you can't rape a woman and the offence is against her, the, the offence is against her husband yeah. because she belongs to her husband. So Matt Damon says, I seek revenge, vengeance or justice for this crime against me. I'm going to challenge my this man to a duel. And the film then progresses about the duel. Okay. Johnny. All right, okay, okay, okay. By the way, what, you know, earlier you said uh, the way you looked at it is pretty much like you know, uh, was it the husband, the rapist, and the wife? Yes. Yeah, that that would have been a probably got more bums and seats as a title, <laughs> but but I can see how there's problems with it. I mean, I think it, it, yeah. it's it's definitely a title that makes you sit up and take notice. So, but anyway, Sean, what do you think of this? Okay, yeah. Um, my thoughts on this, I would say, it was. I mean, the thing I know is I thought. The first part, part, I mean, Matt Damon's story is the first part. And, I mean, he played that fairly well. I think he's been fairly consistent lately, Matt Damon, to be fair yeah. to him. Yeah. But all the scenes, it was it was always it was always snowy or foggy or grimy and horrible and not very nice. This, the, and, um, and it always just, and I thought there must be some time during the thing when, when some of the weather's fairly pleasant. Um, I, I thought some, that, I some, took that. Sorry, just my interpretation on that was I took that because he's a, a hard character. Yeah. And he's the guy's been like a cold character. He all his scenes are like, are like a pale grey colour. Yeah. Whereas that's it. with Alan Drivers, where he's like this charming man, a lot of his has got more colour in his scenes yeah, and there's yeah. more life in his scenes. So I thought it was just like to distinguish the two characters. I thought I think it probably was. I think that's yeah, yeah. That's that's yeah, I was concur concur with that. I was just about to, to sorry, say I, that's probably no, that's all right. That's all right. That's fine. That's fine. You told it for me. You told it much more eloquently than I could have, Sharon. So no, I'm, I'm pleased you did. But yes, so um, I, what can I say here? I, I mean, I did like Adam Driver as an, I thought his acting was pretty good. Matt Damon was solid. Uh, who's the actress? Jodie Comer. Is Jodie it? Comer. I didn't quite have her, especially in her bit. I didn't quite. I don't think she quite cut the mustard myself, and I don't mean that in a horrible sort of way. And I found, I mean, 
yeah, I, it was difficult. With this one with me, it was difficult to say if I liked it or not. I found it a little, little bit too long. Um, it had really, really good moments, but there there were times when I was like a little bit sceptical of of um, of things, you know. So, uh, so some things didn't quite quite match up, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Oh, okay, so, so Sharon, what did you think? How many stars? I liked it. I thought it was gripping. I went to see it with a friend and we discussed it afterwards. I thought it was period pivoting the period but i thought it's quite modern as well in some of its aspects where it looked at sexual violence against women so i really rated it i really liked it and i didn't notice the passing of time whereas bond i found almost interminable in places i was thinking oh get on with it this i didn't actually notice how long it was i was i was in the story the whole time so yeah. i would definitely give it a four i i thought it was a quality bit of filmmaking i enjoyed it and i thought yeah it had something to say so i i rated it i thought yeah so for me it was a four Sure. Yep. For me, it's a three. I, I'm going to give it a three because I had I had a couple of issues with it. But yeah, it's a good solid film. I mean, I didn't, I wasn't like disappointed with it or anything like that. But I wasn't like, it didn't have the wow factor for me. All right, cool. But I'll tell you one thing that this, this is a film that I actually want to see because I was quite happy when I heard about the structure of the film. I was like, ooh, that's different. I think, because... it's, called, I think it's called the Rashomon effect. Where, cause, I mean, yeah, yeah, where, where, you, where you show the same effect, you yeah. show the same effect from a whole bunch yeah. of different points. Stories, yeah. but, but I think the way that they've done it, I think like what Sharon was saying, I think it's actually quite topical. Like, you know, showing it from a man's point of view and showing it from a woman's point of view, I think mm. that's quite topical. Yeah, and, and how one signal might be interpreted, like a glance yeah. for the woman, it's just like, I'm just looking at you. But to man, it's like, she's, she's clearly flirting with me. Yeah. You know, I, that sort of thing, I thought they did that very well. To, to my eyes, I thought they did that very well. Yeah, well, that is, I'm, that, and this makes me more interested in the film because um, the the trailers and everything like that make it look like it's just like you know, let's try and do Gladiator again or Kingdom of Heaven again, and oh, fine. And I'm like, but but I think that it seems to have more of a brain, which I'm quite happy about. I'm quite happy about yeah. that, and. And I think we need to go see this film because <laughs> there's been a lot of stuff online talking about how it hasn't been doing that well. And that's because every cinema is showing Bond 15 times a day. Yeah. And, the last, <laughs> and the last duel once. Mind you, it is an 18 certificate, isn't it? It's an 18. That's going to limit like, it that, as well. That, that's, that probably got something to do and with it. And it does stay on over with big head and you know, this has got strong violence, strong things of sexual violence. So mm, yeah. but to me, I didn't think the sexual violence, I thought it was very well done. Yeah, I'm normally, yeah, normally one yeah. of my triggers is like I'm not. I don't want to watch you be titillated by sort of this no. assault. Yeah. and I think they filmed it sensitively enough that you didn't feel like it was in any way exploitative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so it. No, I, I must say well. I'll agree with Sharon on that one. Yeah, it was, it was, it was. Because um... I'm just like no, because often the way they film it, even the lighting, and and I'm just like thinking, no, you're doing this. It's supposed to be this violent assault, and you're making it look attractive. Yeah, yeah. Ugly scene. You can't make it attractive. Yeah, make but it even look... when you see it from the different points of view, that yeah, they didn't make it anything other than what it was. It's what did you think about what did you think about Batfleck's performance? Yeah, I thought it was interesting. I mean, I don't understand why he suddenly was all sweary. I mean, there's no, hardly no. any swearing in the film, and suddenly his one scene is like, do, 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 do. I thought, <laughs> why are you suddenly turned into this foul mouthed fiend? But mm. I think maybe that was his character that he was completely outside of. Yeah. The rules mm. that applied to the society because the way he behaved was just like like a vile but i thought he did that character well mm. okay cool and now we move on so but so far so far it's the t 
TV show, or the, it's the thing that we've watched of the week, the film of the week, or whatever you want to say. Okay, now we're going to Only Murders in the Building. So Only Murders in the Building, this is a murder mystery, as you might guess from the title, um, on Disney+, Plus, uh, starring Martin Short, Steve Martin, also co-written by Steve Martin. And it is 10 episodes long. They just finished, I think, about a couple of weeks ago, because they were releasing an episode a week, as Disney+, Plus is one to do. And, um, and... The whole idea behind it is that there is this building in New York called the Arconian. And it's one of these old school buildings where, like, you know, people who live in there or because it's in Manhattan, they have to have quite a bit of money. And like they, they, even if you go into the flats that they live in, they're not really flats. They're kind of like suites that they all live in. And you have um, t- Steve Martin plays a character called Charles Hayden Savage, who used to be on a TV show called Brazos. Like in the in the like the early nineties, and it's essentially kind of like a Kojak, like that kind of TV show. And he had like this um, catchphrase: "This sends the investigation <coughs> in a whole new direction." <laughs> that, that's his thing that everybody wants. Anybody who recognizes him wants him to say that. Martin Short used to be a, a Broadway theater di- well, or an off off Broadway, as he keeps saying, theater director who's fallen on hard times. And you have Selena Gomez, who is this young girl who lives in the building, and they're wondering how the heck can you afford to live in this building? You're like 26 or something like that. Uh, but what brings them all together is that they are all fans of this murder podcast. And they one day when there's like a fire alarm in their building, they go to this nearby diner and they, they each realize that they're all listening to the same podcast. And so they all get together and they're like, oh, wow, okay, cool. What are you listening to? What do you think about this? What do you think about it? Because it's, it's a true crime podcast and they're all really, really into true crime podcasts. Then when they get back to their building, they realize that the reason that there was a fire alarm to clear everybody out was, well... Well, while there was a fire alarm to clear everybody else, somebody got killed and there was a murder in their building. And so they go, oh, we don't think it's a murder. And so they go to the detective and they go, oh, have you checked this? Have you checked that? Have you checked that? And the detective just looks at them and goes, what true kind podcast are you listening to? Get the hell out of my face. <laughs> it was a suicide. <laughs> and then it, the, the rest of the show comes up as they start finding out things and they become convinced that this was not a suicide. And so they decide to do their own podcast for, the, for all the different reasons. For Martin Short, it's because he, needs, he has no project and he wants something to actually to, to get involved and he wants something to direct again. Um, for the Steve Martin character, it's kind of like you get the idea that he's a loner. Should have been played by Jared Leto. But it's uh, <laughs> you get the you get the feeling that he's a loner and like this is the first time he's actually had any interaction with other people and he's just kind of enjoying that and the Selena Gomez character Mabel her her uh, oh, it's, it's the kind of thing where each episode reveals something new about the different characters and it goes but obviously so in some ways it's very much a murder mystery it's very it's, it's, in some ways there's there's some ways in which it's almost quite straightforward and you can see that. Steve Martin knows his murder mysteries. He's a fan of them. And he's put all these things in there that you would expect in a murder mystery. But bringing it up to date with the whole idea of this true crime podcast is quite funny. And then the way that the podcast starts getting out there and people start listening to it and all that. And then you have people who show up like Nathan Lane shows up for a while. Tina Fey shows up for a while. All doing different bits that sort of bring the cur- There's red herrings plenty that sort of like get thrown at the screen. There, but there's some really, really nice grace notes that I like. Like they have one episode that is silent. They have an entirely silent silent episode well and that's because it's mostly done from the perspective of a deaf character so that's interesting so it's kind of like so it's not quite silent you hear you hear things like um doors or there's bits where it tries to replicate what it's like for a deaf person but essentially you don't hear any words said for the whole episode there's a bit where they have a seduction screen uh, they have a seduction scene by scrabble 
So they, they have a Scrabble seduction scene, which I was kind of like, I was watching it going, okay, now that's that that's just brazen. That's absolutely brazen. <laughs> so it has it has all these fun because Sting Sting shows up for a while uh, because Sting is one of their suspects. It, it kind of tells you what kind of investigation they're doing when they think Sting lives in the building. Sting could be the suspect. Sting could be the killer. And then they have this whole... And it just carries on. And I think it's actually a very, very good murder mystery. It's quite a good co- comedy... Uh, um, it's, it's quite a good sort of comedy mystery thing. I think um, it, it gives me so much, so much appreciation for Steve Martin and Martin Short. I'm thinking, you know what? I'm glad that they're still on screen. I'm glad that they we still have them on screen because I think that the sort of banter and the and the sort of the, the way that the chemistry they go back and forth is quite good. And Selena Gomez fits in quite well into that. It's it is really about Steve Martin and Martin Short as friends, and you can tell that they're friends, sort of sparking up each other. And Selena Gomez gets chucked into that. I thought it was quite good. I'll give it a four out of five. I do not like the fact that it ends on a very kind of like ooh, guess what's going to happen in season two? Because you're kind of like it ends in that way. You're kind of like. Uh, but come on this is the idea behind the show the idea behind the show i think is a one season thing it's nice it's contained and trying to i feel like essentially i don't understand what they're going to do in the second season and i just don't think it's going to work as well it's going to be a bit like halloween where you're going to be like why would you live there but (laughs) but all in all i'll give it a four out of five all right now we are going to go back to um Go go back to cinema. Final film in cinema. And this is Sean. I knew you were going to do this. You were going to put yourself through the pain. I, I threw myself through the pain, didn't I? I could, the... sum, I could probably sum this up in about a minute and a half, I expect. Okay, um, cool. Then, then go for it. This is Venom. Let There Be Carnage. The sequel let... to Venom. A film, which, a film which, if I remember correctly, Sean, you absolutely loved, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> this, this, this was awful from the start it was absolutely terrible it was a story of um yeah venom you know venom he's the character he, he goes in it's really really contrived to see this this serial killer the serial killer's been about for for years and there's a bit of a backstory that sort of flashes back a bit in time when he was a kid he got he had to go to this orphanage and he got bullied and but there was one one girl that he really really liked um anyway so he obviously becomes infected becomes carnage breaks out, decides he's going to go and rescue this 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 girl from who's a bit like a little bit like um, Banshee out of out of uh, out of X Men with a with a loud voice, you know, if she, when when she wants to. So and obviously we know with these symbiotes, they, you know, they, they don't like noise. But anyway, let's cut let's cut through all that nonsense <laughs> and say say um, absolutely terrible. And Woody Harrelson, I mean. I've only seen. I think I've only really seen him in one good thing, which was that three billboards outside but, every Missouri. Yeah, yeah. We, we we know that along with Stanley Tucci, Woody Woody Harrison is one of those people that but just this, gets your gets your blood this, boiling. Oh, oh Tozin, this is dire, man. This is the most <laughs> ridiculous, over the top, ridiculous parody. It's absolutely terrible. I squirmed and squiddled and was like, I just really, really wanted to get up and make the screen. You know, it was a really, really, in my opinion. A terrible, terrible, awful, dire. It was all over the place. No real story. Trying to be oh, funny. Wait, wait, oh, oh, wasn't oh, oh, funny. Okay, you're talking about the film now. I thought you were talking about Woody Harrison. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he's yeah, he's all over. I'm the place. guessing this it's is ab- going to be a four then. Abs- <laughs> absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely, absolutely 
blooming ridiculous. And as I say, I, I, I'm going to sum this up. And this, this, I mean, I've, 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 I've not had a really good time. You know, these these couple of movies with Halloween and that. This is this oh. this is going to get a one. This is going <gasps> to get a one. Ooh. It's awful. It might, you know, obviously it's self opinion, but it's just horrible. It's all over the place. And Woody Harrelson is just wow. Well, it's not funny. It's not funny. And the CGI is, you know, it's all CGI and. You know, at least at least Deadpool's funny. You know, I think yeah. I, I don't know yeah. if this is. I I think this has moments where it's trying to be. It's trying to be comedic elements. You know. Yeah. And and they just don't work. They just <laughs> don't work. So yeah. So, so. Sure, uh, Sharon, what did you say about Woody Harrelson? He was all right in the first Zombieland. Oh, yeah. I think yeah. that's where he started that shtick, isn't it? Where he was like a bit. He was playing himself. Yeah. But just be out there with it. I didn't. I didn't really like him in that. To be fair, I didn't like him. I've. I've not liked him in. Games. <laughs> he's not liked him in anything. Pardon? Oh, what's the Hunger other one? Games. Which Hunger game? Games. Is, Hunger Games. He's hardly in Hunger Games. Oh, he's, Hunger he's Games. Yeah. Yeah. in Hunger Games. Yeah, he's yeah. not in there much. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. What about um? So what about Tom Hardy? Mm, I like Tom Hardy a lot, but I don't like him in this. I think he's trying too hard and he's overacting. Mm. I, I, it's it's not a good. I I don't know. He's just to me. I felt like in this, he's he's just doing it for the bucks. He's not even. He's not really trying. He's not. There's no effort there. Mm. Well, to make it. He apparently he got he gets a writing credit. Like he wrote some of the story. Oh right. Okay. Really. Yeah. Yeah. He wrote some of the story that he's. Um. I think he's quite a Venom fan himself, but. I, I, well, the thing is, I don't I'm know what of, reviews it's got because I don't look. Is it what, what sort of reviews has it got? Is it? Uh, they they largely agree with you, Sean. Do they? Oh right, okay, <laughs> cool. That's all right. They, they largely agree with you. I mean, <laughs> uh, the, the the truth is, I mean, uh, com- at least, the only thing I can say about this is compared to the first one, I've only seen the trailers for both of them. I haven't seen the first one. I've I've tried to watch it a couple of times, and each time I just think. I've got better things to do with my life. <laughs> I just feel, same thing with this. I was like, should I go yeah. see this in the cinema? It was actually available at a time when I could go see it. And I was like, no, I've got better things to do with my life. And I went to go watch something else. I, I disagree with the first film, but compared, I, I disagree with this one uh, because I don't like the whole idea of trying to make Venom a good guy. Yeah. And, but compared with the first um, film, the trailer of this had one line, one line that made me laugh. <laughs> one like that and it was it had to do with when Venom meets Carnage for the first time and the symbol kind of goes oh it's a red one it's a red one <laughs> and, yeah. and that line made me laugh and I was like oh maybe I know this is directed by Andy Serkis maybe it's a little bit better than I thought about it and I thought nah can't be bothered <laughs> <laughs> alright cool so that's one star for Venom let there be Carnage mm-hmm. Yeah, let there be no more Venom films, please. But, um, <laughs> but if if it's anything like the first one, there's a lot of people who just love Venom and went to see the first one. And there's people who there's people I know who swear by the first film. I go, oh my god, it's so good, it's so good. I'm like, really, I d- really? <laughs> and <clears throat> and so that's why they made a second one because enough people thought that I went to go watch it. So it's just our opinion, and you know what they say about opinions. But now we get to the final film final program that we saw this week which is attack of the hollywood cliches this is uh charlie brooker 
um, written, produced, theme presented by Rob Lowe. And it's kind of like how we had the history of swear words where that was presented by yeah. Nicolas Cage. And you had that was that one was in series where each series focused on a different swear word and how the swear word came about and people talking about it and people sort of like, you know, to, about the wonder of swear words and all that kind of stuff. No, maybe not for everybody, but this is kind of the similar approach. Only they've done it for Hollywood cliches and they talked about everything from the baguette phenomenon, which is why <laughs> to try and to try and make a movie star um, seem relatable, you always see the movie star going to get their own shopping, and they will always have a brown paper bag with a baguette sticking out of it. What and they, and they, they do this and they back this up by going through all these different films and showing <laughs> you clips of all these different <laughs> films. It's like, oh, look, wow. it's, Juli- it's Julia Roberts in Notting Hill with a bag with a baguette sticking out of it. Oh, look, it's so... Uh, oh, those... Oh, here's George Clooney with a bag with a baguette sticking out of it. And like you have George, you have Rob Lowe obviously having fun in between the scenes. This was, and they, they mentioned that it was filmed during the COVID lockdown. And Rob Lowe, he goes, he goes, yeah, the reason why you have like, you know, um, actors carrying paper bags is because they're contractually obliged to not let any carbohydrates touch their skin. And the bag is there <laughs> as a protective barrier. <laughs> and it, they just keep saying all these things and they go through a whole bunch of different Hollywood cliches from the villain scream to the, to the, um, save the white savior, the white savior sort of phenomenon, the magical Negro phenomenon. And they go through all the, <laughs> Most of them you would have heard of. Some of them I hadn't heard of. Some of them I, I was like, oh, I was like, yeah, oh yeah, cool. I guess, that I guess sounds- that, yeah, as, as, I guess that is a cliche. They have things like you know, like the um, the homosexual who must die by the end of the film because to, pretty much to be punished. For, and, and so and they go through, uh, but and because this is only, I think it's just over an hour. And they whiz through a lot of Hollywood cliches. And you, and you can look at what you're going, yeah, oh, yeah, that's oh, yeah, yeah, true, that's happened. Yeah, that happens. They, they talk about, like, horror movies, and they go, like, is it the killer or is it just a cat? <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> yeah. how you have that thing? The horror movie so- cat. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, there's some that, that I wish that they would have gone on. Like, for instance, why the hell do you always have to try and save the damn dog? Well, <laughs> that, that for me is a big bugbear. Like, I was talking about it, and the number of films where somebody dies because they're saving a dog. I'm like, yeah. This, oh. Yeah. Uh, anyway, but yeah, it. I thought it was a lot of fun. It, it's a lot of fun. You can see the rub. It's, it's, all, it's also kind of a bit light because some of these cliches have a, have a darker undertone. They have a darker undertone and that they don't really go into because they're being light. They're touching it. They're letting you know they exist and then they're moving on to the next one. And they do it quite quickly. They move it. They do it quite boom, 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 boom. Let's just, let's just keep going. Uh, they, they even go along. They go even into the cliche of uh, if you're in a war movie, never have a girlfriend back home or a wife back home. <laughs> <laughs> never be two days from retirement. <laughs> that, that kind of stuff. But it's, it's, it's really good. I think all in all, I would give it a, it's a nice, easy watch. I would, it, it's, it's, it's a high three. It's a high three. Uh, in between, in between What's it that called again? What's it called again? It's called Attack of the Hollywood Cliches. Is that a series or is that just a one? It's just a one. It's just one. It's it's like a one special, one special on Netflix. Attack of the Hollywood Cliches. And uh, I would, I would recommend it. I would recommend, I think, especially if you're into film and if you're listening to this, you are. So if you're into film, uh, watch it because there's things there that you will nod and there's things you'll be like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. That is a thing. That is a thing. I didn't realize that they did that. And, um, yeah, it, it's uh, oh, yeah, even when they they talk about 
they talk about how they got around the Hayes Code because obviously when the Hayes Code came out and you weren't allowed to show anything sexually explicit on mm-hmm. how people got around there and how that developed a whole bunch of cliches on its own. And it showed me that, that – and one thing I didn't realize is that there was a time before the Hayes Code where they were making films that showed stuff that you would consider risque today. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, what? The early Tarzan not. films, they're like, whoa. Tarzan and his mate gets a special. <laughs> Tarzan and his mate gets a special. And they actually showed a clip where I was like, that cannot be from a Johnny Weissmuller Tarzan movie. And they made, sent me on a, on a or like, you know, a Google search that maybe nobody should be looking at what I was searching for. But, <laughs> but it, sent me, it sent me on a Google search and I was like, oh my God, that wasn't a Tarzan Johnny Weissmuller movie. Yeah. Wow. Tarzan so, loincloth. It's like, yeah, that at your peril. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's kind of like, oh, and Jane did what? But, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, that's that's it, and I think that is that's everything today. So, um, with that all being said, would you guys like to have a guess at who has won this week, either Netflix or cinema? Uh, I think Netflix and Friends. I think, although yeah. although Sharon's big four may may sort of would it offset difference. your one? I don't know if it, there would yeah. be enough yeah. to save cinema from the the venom effect mm. so um yeah it might be netflix and the home effect, viewing might yeah. be the winner this week yes yes and you would be correct you would be correct that home viewing has got it because home viewing has got it with uh let's see three 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 that's nine plus four 13, 13 stars and yeah venom essentially Sunk cinema, wiped out cinema. <laughs> <laughs> Venom, Venom sunk cinema. Well, what can we say? I mean, it's I I could have predicted that at the beginning, <laughs> but uh, we actually had to go watch the film. Sean, thank you so much for taking the pain, <laughs> so that take I didn't have to. Team. Yeah, take it one for the team. Take it for the team. Also, until next week. Until next week, where we shall be bringing you. Okay, as I said, it you can hear it. Dune is hiding in the wings like a sandworm just underneath the surface of the deserts, coming towards us. And finally, finally, next week it shall burst out of the sand and try and eat us all, or something like that. And I'll, I'll see how many more hours I can get through the audiobook of of Dune. Oh, we're still on the spice melange. I uh, yeah I have I'm actually quite impressed with myself. I have made it through about twelve hours of the twenty six hour book. So, <laughs> so have you got to the Kuzak Sadarak yet? The Kuzak, well, they've been talking about him from the beginning. They've been so, talking from the beginning, I and mean, I think we've we've gone to the point where I think he might have arrived, but I don't. <laughs> but we we'll see, we'll see. Yeah. Um. But anyway, without trying to give any spoilers for book or film, until next week, I will say a goodbye from me. It's goodbye for me. And it's a goodbye. I believe that was Sean saying it's a goodbye from him. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Thank you very much for joining us. We'll see you guys next week. Bye.